0: What I say, awesome! Hi, everybody, hi, girls, and gays. Today, I have an episode without Nyak. This feels so weird, <laughs> and I feel like I always joke about kicking her off the show, and now she's actually off for this week, so I'm crying. Um, but we do have Ushba, who everyone knows from our first episode about suicide and mental health and we also have a dear friend abelade so please clap for yourselves <laughs> i'm dead um hi
1: if, uh, yes hi, hi guys gays, hi girls hi, hi guys hi girls hi who
2: it's abelade
0: no no hi who who are you greeting the girls on the Gaze? the audience who are who girls and gays. girls and gays yes so. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so today we had a lot of awesome feedback um, from the episode we do, did with Ushba. Uh, I think we all found her really just articulate and clear about how she felt about suicide and death and mental health. And we kind of wanted to discuss a lot of the comments people wrote in. I think mostly because I think we Ushba mm-hmm. also talked about this, how um yeah a lot of us just don't feel like we have an outlet to be honest about how we feel about death and a lot of us think about death more than we talk about and so we just want to kind of continue that convo but just going through a whole bunch of um comments and questions people like sent in so let's just start off i'm gonna read two of them and then all three of us are just gonna like chat about them and just for time keeping sake i'm gonna like moderate and make sure we just get through everything So, actually let's just first have a check-in today um I just want to first actually start with you Avalade, just to open up you said something really interesting to me which was that you about not having necessarily really good days or really bad days or allowing them to be like can you just say that again because that was such a useful that really helped me like chill about my life so can you comment can you say something about that
2: um yes so we were where were we yesterday
0: where were we we were in cape town
2: camps bay
0: camps bay eating good food sipping Mm. on wine yeah um
2: yeah (laughs) yeah so what i was saying was that um (laughs) the way that i sort of manage my mental health these days is that i don't let like the i don't get too carried away with the good days like i don't get over excited and I also don't get too down on the bad mm. days. I just kind of keep myself in the middle, uh, because I found in my own experiences that when I let myself go to each extreme, that doesn't help in the long run. It's especially like the good days. It's like yeah, you get a short term high, which is great, but that you know you can't sustain that sort of happiness on that level. That sort of um, excitement about life in general on that level every day it's not it's not possible so mm. some people I feel like give themselves when they have those really good days they then set their standards as okay every day needs to be like this be- and then because that's unrealistic mm. it's really triggering when it's not and then that also sends you um onto like some sort of downward spiral so I just sort of make sure that on really good days I don't get too happy or too carried away and i really and then um the same on bad days I don't get too um too down either it just kind of sort of keeps me leveled up um
1: do you think Abulade that you actually have um some sort of control or mechanism where you can exercise to what degree you experience each emotion or the degree to which you experience the highs or the lows
2: I To me, it's like, yeah, when so when I experience a particular high or low, I just, it's, it's all about just speaking to myself. So in that exact situation, in real time, mm. I'll have that conversation with myself. Like, I don't let myself, you know, get, if I'm really happy, like, I don't let myself, you know, stop myself from being happy. But I stop myself from, you know, labelling this as, you know, as the day or labelling this as the kind of day that mm. I want to have for the rest of my life because it's unrealistic. So I just sort of let I let myself be happy, but I don't get carried away.
1: That's such an interesting distinction from like the distinction between stopping yourself from feeling the happiness and then stopping or sort of reminding yourself that this isn't what you should be all the time. Because I feel like when in the past where I've had really good days, I actually do try to stop myself from feeling it fully because a part of me is so anxious that something's going to go wrong that I don't Mm. want to even experience the good sometimes, which sounds really messed up. But I've even noticed that sometimes that can then become a long-term sustained mentality in a relationship as well. For example, like a friendship or a romantic relationship, like not necessarily in my familial relationships because we have ways of grounding each other, uh, but like definitely in friendships and then possibly like a romantic relationship where, you know, when you're experiencing the high, like at least for me, the way my anxiety then kind of comes into play is that oh this is going to like this is like don't fully feel it or don't let yourself fully feel it because it's all going to just like mess up or something's going to go wrong and then you are going to even I don't know because you've been so high the low is going to be really low yeah. if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah yeah but I guess I guess like the way Abuladi puts it, it's a very, I mean, I guess different strokes for different folks. But even in, for example, mindfulness, you know, they constantly talk about this where you have to remind yourself that this is the present moment and this is what it is. And it's not really trying to kind of restrict yourself as much as it is trying to just remind yourself, um, Mm. which I think, yeah, that distinction makes all the difference.
0: It does. And I think it's, it must be, um, like I had a friend who was so sad so often that when she was happy, that was like a worry for her. She's like, Oh my gosh, this is so rare and it's not going to come again for a long time. So I don't want to feel it because I don't want to get my hopes up. And I think that is, that's different. Um, but I think when you, I, I think it's for me, it's been so important to establish my happiness, sadness, rhythm. So It's kind of like, you know how, like, so with me, at my big age, I still don't know when I'm getting my period. So literally two days before, I'll be like, wait, why is the whole world trash?" and pale and why do i feel like i wanna <laughs> yes yes you know what i mean why do oh i want to strangle God, everyone yes. and then i'll have my period
1: Yes, uh. literally
0: and so for me in the same way yeah that i'm trying to take responsibility and understand that every x days or x weeks or x months i have a really low period and if i can start to quite literally and like scientifically map out when it is i can figure out my cadence and then prepare for that undulation okay. and understand it, it never ends. It always happens. And so I think for me, I've tried to approach yeah. my peace of mind and like my joy on a really using data because otherwise I'm blindsided every single time I either I'm on my period or every yeah. quarterly, you know, where um, I'm suddenly in an existential yeah. crisis and it's really, it, I think I don't if any of, I mean, I don't know how everyone else feels about control, but for me, while I do understand that there are a lot of things out of my control, I also don't really think, I also think there are some things I can control, if not my reactions to them. And at yeah. least that's what I try and manage myself.
1: Yeah. Mm. So what you just say, uh, said, Mukundwa, I just quickly wanted to give a shout out to this book that I read a few years ago. It's called Body of Wisdom by Hilary Hart. And especially to all the girls and women listening in, I highly recommend it to you and also any men who, I guess, would want to try and understand the feminine. As an energy, uh, you know, would want to get a better understanding of that. Like, yeah. I also recommend it to you. Um, Ooh. and in that, uh, book, there's this whole, uh, chapter, I think, which is devoted to women and their bodies and their periods and how and, When I read that chapter, it really helped me get a better perspective on how I viewed my period, because I remember before that I used to, you know, kind of be like, oh, I hate my period. I hate this. I hate bleeding the cramps and all of that. And I feel like subconsciously there was a lot of anger that I felt towards my body for so Mm. many reasons and periods being one of them. And the way the author explains it, it's just such a beautiful way to look at it is that periods in many ways are also our way of just regulating our bodies and our psyches and even our spiritual selves on a monthly basis where we sort of let go of anything that is otherwise going to drown us or kind of weigh us down. And, you know, by kind of bleeding and the way we do let go of it, like it's almost like a shedding, you know, we just let go of all of that and um yeah interesting but, yeah so do you think, i just wanted to point that out
0: do you reckon then just as a side note are men emotional terrorists because they don't <laughs> have periods yes <laughs> yes we're going there abs here
2: we go uh <laughs>
1: mm, no i don't think so i feel like mm. men have their own coping mechanisms Which are but what? men are taught that uh you know they shouldn't rely on it and because masculinity as we know it is so performative like men forget or they are made to forget when they sh- need to stop performing because for example just as we are now talking about how we sometimes end up Forgetting that we are not supposed to be happy all the time or sad all the time. I think men forget that they're not supposed to be macho or protective or protectors all the time. Mm. Uh, I feel like, for example, if men cried a lot more, they would be more in tune with themselves. But a lot of men don't cry. And I feel like, for example, if I were to even give a shout out right now to the men I know who do cry often, they would be so maybe angered or they would feel violated because men are not supposed to be known for crying or known for being vulnerable like that when was the last time you cried abilade
2: oh just at dinner a little bit
1: did you no <laughs> you yeah, didn't
2: makunda was too busy munching the food but yeah i had a little had i had a little teary moment but we'll, are you serious we'll, yeah we'll we'll talk about that it's something completely different to what we're talking about so, so.
0: what unless you want to share
2: Oh, it was mostly just you know when we we're having that conversation about um how no one in the restaurant looked like us, mm-hmm. like yeah, in that's... the area that we're in the only wow. like most of the black people you see are just people who are like working and yeah. stuff like yeah, there's no one, there's no one that looks like yeah like we're the only ones who are in the restaurant who are black like yeah that 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 bothered me a lot, yeah,
0: mm. and yeah, oh wow, wow. okay so that's that's a good thing to to chat up on, um. But let's, okay, thanks, Ashwa. Let's um, go into some of the comments people made. So I'm just going to read two at a time and we'll discuss. Um, and then maybe we'll start with you, Abs, so you can give your opinion. So someone said that we are all suicidal, but we're all imprisoned by the stigma of external judgment surrounding us. And that's why we live is because we don't want to be judged in like posthumously. And then someone else said they aren't sad when someone kills themselves because they fundamentally understand that that was a choice someone made um they do feel guilty for not feeling sad and so they perform sadness because societally we're supposed to all feel bad and guilty for not doing more so discuss abs
2: (laughs) I mean the one the first the first point about everyone being suicidal.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I I've never thought about that.
0: Oh, should I explain? Should, sorry, should, can I expand on that? Yeah,
2: maybe By, give more context. We are
0: all suicidal. What they meant was we all um they they believe that we all contemplate death not as a crime committing a crime not as a necessarily and a means to an end but just as a concept the fact that we're alive means we think about the opposite but that we suppress our thoughts about what if i died or what if i could just you know what if i could end this existence as it is now because it's so stigmatized so have you so you're saying you in in your opinion you've not really so for you you've not really had those kinds of thoughts before
2: no not no thoughts that everyone like Mm. no no because i feel like there's different aspects i think there's different to me there's there's different layers of suicide like there's like um. That's true. There's like a you know you can have a passing thought like because you're tired like or you can really you know, know. be at work typing on your laptop and be fantasizing about just what you're gonna do you know yeah, yeah. You know, there's to me there's different levels of it so I guess in that sense then yeah everyone does think about it but there's thinking about it in a like in a really personal serious manner there's there's just thinking about it as like a fleeting thought one yeah. day yeah and then not so. I think I'd make the distinction of people who personally like person people who personally actually think about uh suicide and think about acts and think about um you know they think about specific dates they think about you know it's more mm. it's more like calculated rather than just a fleeting thought you had one day I see yeah, I think that's how I'd separate it
0: Interesting What about you Ishba what can you also like and along with that, do you want to touch upon the idea of the person who doesn't feel sad when people commit suicide? They just like totally understand it's a choice
1: um, so, and they feel
0: guilty about it.
1: So I just need uh, some clarification regarding the first question. Did the person say that everyone feels suicidal or did they say or did the words that they use were, does everyone think about death?
0: Um... I think suicidal and I think what they definitely suicidal Um, and they were like the energy I was getting from them was that people for example when you're waiting for the tube or the train and you look down and you're just like oh wow like there is I could actually take a completely different path and end my life and see what's next like the idea of Mm. always being on the edge of death um, really fascinating yeah and so that's kind of what they were discussing was that we we a lot of us think about the other option which is to opt out
1: Mm. I mean, because I feel like when we talk about deaths and when we talk about suicide, I feel like those are two different distinctions. And for example, because, I, for example, like there's this saying now, I can't remember exactly where I first read it, but it says that a man who has failed to prepare his kids for his death has failed at life. Was that in Black Panther? Mm. Anyways, someone can tell me where I heard that. <laughs> but <laughs> the I'm point dead. being that, uh, I remember when I first heard that, like I was so touched because, for example, like the idea of my parents dying or even my parents mm. taking their own life, is just so overwhelming that it like shatters me to the point of th- that I start crying right then, right there. But it's not the same mentality I have when it comes to, for example, thinking about my own death or my own passing. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because um, in Islam, there's a saying which says, um, I think it's a hadith, which means the saying of Prophet Muhammad, which says that you should uh, set your will, as in, you know, when someone dies and they have a will. So you should set your will every three days. And that is something that's a very active concept in my immediate family because every single time any of like either I or any of my siblings, because we are kind of all over the place for our studies, like every time we leave our house or we leave our family, my mom will actively try and remind us of what she would want us to do or how she would want us to be in case we died or in case she died or any member of our family died while we Mm. were not at home. Wow. And the reason Mm. why she does it is because we like, I feel like even as a family, maybe because we are immigrants or maybe because we are kind of so spread out whether we want it or not, like we, constantly had this thought of like what if one of us dies while you know we are not together and we don't get to see each other yeah so we try to say our goodbyes with that intention and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because since I did the last episode I've just kind of been reflecting a lot about even more so about how is my individual relationship with death, but also how my collective relationship with death is. Collective in the sense as a family, as a community, as a religious community, so on and so forth. And I feel like on one hand, like a lot of the members of my family, when they have passed, I haven't really grieved in the way that people normally grieved, And that I remember when I was younger, I used to feel really weird about that and kind of similar to the second question of feeling guilty about, like, not feeling guilty because I, I mean, I would just not cry the way I felt like I should, Mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, for example, when my grandparents passed away, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really... I don't know, like I never really felt like I'd lost them, if that makes sense. Um, So I think that's another thing is that do you really feel when, for example, someone takes their own life, like, do you really think that you've lost them? Because maybe if you have this connection with them, it's almost the same as a friend moving abroad where you don't get to see them as much, but then you sense them from time to time. But then, of course, it also just depends on your relationships. Because, for example, God forbid, like, if my mom were to pass today, I feel like I just would have to build myself up from ground up again because my relationship with her is so... It's so present in everything that I do that not having that constant contact would really fuck me up.
0: Yeah, and I think for me... Just what you said about your mom. ah, oh, Like, I think in so many ways, I believe the way I've been raised and everyone I know my community has been raised is we talk about death and transience and the nature of, like, being alive in really mm-hmm. rigid ways and really way too late. Like, at 20, now we're talking about death. And I've had 20 years here. And only now we're talking about it. And now I've formed attachments, like, to a really specific form let's say my parents are in when it's very obvious and very clear and very natural that we're all going to die and I think if I could if, should I come back on this earth I do hope that I and the the family I have then can cultivate a different culture of not being attached to our physical form so that it's not earth shattering when they die I'm really so I'm really not looking forward to my oh obviously no one uh, well I don't know I was gonna say no one's looking forward to their parents <laughs> die I don't know I am really already bored of how unhappy and unsettled and disorganized and disheveled I'm going to be when my parents die. Mm. Um, It's already exhausting. I can already tell I'm going to for a year. You know what I mean? I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to be, I can't, I won't be able to function. I'll feel so hollow. And I'm already just absolutely exhausted by that idea because I really want to believe... And I do believe in, like, the transience of life. And I do believe in that people don't, like... Lead, like, people are with you, but just in different forms. And I just think we've prepared ourselves so badly um for what happens next. And, like, I don't know... It. I mean, that, that idea of attachment, like, knowing that I... I don't like the idea that if something anything i could lose be it my passport or a person could scatter me i really don't like that idea that i'm so attached and grounded in somebody even though maybe that's a maybe that's the like relation the um what do you call it the human the human condition is to be that attached but i just think there must be cultures that aren't or at least in the past
1: i mean it's i, don't know. I think it's, it's definitely uh cultural for example like so in Islam, when someone dies, or at least this, like, so I am a Sunni and I am a Pakistani. And, uh, so my, my religious practice is very much informed by that culture. And the reason why I say this is because guys, Islam is not a monolith. But anyways, um, what I was going to, <laughs> what I was going to say is that, for example, when someone dies in our community, uh, they are actually buried at the latest the very next day so for example when my grandma my Hmm. maternal grandma passed away because there is no embalming there is nothing you just wash the body and you wrap it in a a cloth which is called coffin in urdu and you know you uh, dig a grave and you bury them so Uh, because there is no embalming the corpse of course would go stiff right so you do that and in some cases for example for immigrants who were abroad while their family member died like it's it can sound very very tragic and it is very painful they don't even get to see their loved ones before they get buried into the ground but I think it's also Mm -hmm. a really powerful practice as well because you are constantly being reminded that this is not the person you knew even for example Mm -hmm. 10 minutes ago before they died like it's just a corpse i love
0: that
1: um and the fact that the soul has passed on and then another thing that like for example when my maternal grandma passed away like one thing that like was really kind of shocking and I don't speak about this with my mom that often is the way she grieved which was she was a part of our day-to-day life and the matriarch of our household but at the same time she was grieving and it was really weird because and also quite um I guess in this weird way inspirational because in Islam another thing that you say constantly is that you pray for the person or you send peace upon the person that has passed away. And there are certain prayers that you recite in Arabic or there are certain verses of the Quran that you recite. And it's almost like you're taking care of them while they're gone. So you don't know what they're doing or what their soul is doing in the hereafter. You may have Mm -hmm. different beliefs. But just as we constantly send peace upon the prophet, like it's an active practice of knowing that when you send peace upon the prophet it actually does go to the prophet it's the same way of doing that to all the souls that you have passed on and that is something that is really powerful to me because then that means that you can send peace upon or love upon literally anyone and it's Mm. not like you know it's that relationship hasn't died like it has just transformed if that makes sense
0: Hmm, I see. And what about um just moving on to the next two? Um, I'll just start with you again. So someone said if I don't find a reason to live by thirty, I'll kill myself. All millennials understand and experience the meaningless of everything. And similarly another person said Um, I always knew I wouldn't live like past 40. I can't express this to people because they'll get get worried about me. But um, I'm just simply not interested in living past 40. And I've told my partner um, if they want like a long-term relationship with me, that's cool. But just know like I'm clocking out. Like I'm not about to get (laughs) old in this world. In this bitch. Mm. (laughs) Which I found really, I really, yeah, I I I found that quite refreshing.
2: Yeah, I was literally going to use the the word (laughs) refreshing as well. 'Cause I feel like we're so we're so fixated on this like opinion that like you know, life is so precious and life is so, you know, we're supposed life is so amazing and, and all this kind of stuff. But one thing that I know for, like that I know in my own sort of um experience is that with um with like especially us as millennials like we kind of have the pri- the privilege, some of us, to ask, you know, to ask why we do what we, like, why we do anything. Mm. Like, so once we're at that point now where we don't have to, you know, we're not just here to survive. It's not yeah. a survival, in, you know. We- we've gone beyond that. We know we can survive, but now it's to ask, you know, further questions of yeah. why we're doing what we're doing. And the world doesn't have answers for that.
0: Yeah.
2: So we're asking why in a world that doesn't have an answer for your why. So, a lot of people get stuck there because if you look around you're you're not really going to find what you're looking for. So, I just think it's because we've gotten so the the world is so fixated on this survival, you know, everyone's just trying to survive. All the options available to you in your life in terms of things to do and that kind of stuff, most of it is based around survival. Yeah. So, if you're, you know, if you've got that survival thing you know, down to a T and you're you're looking for something more, the world isn't there yet. It's like we're almost, we've moved on from that, but the world hasn't. So we're in this, we're stuck in this zone yeah. where if you're looking for the whys and stuff, if you, the likelihood, you know, for some people they're going to find it in some form, but a lot of people are not because the world isn't equipped to answer those questions for you. So in, if someone wants to, you know, if someone says, I, I can't figure out, you know, if I haven't figured out why by 30 or something like that, I completely understand them because, mm. you know, once you move past the, the survival aspect of life, it's hard to to give meaning to a lot of, to much else because there's not really, the world doesn't advertise much else than the survival aspect of life.
0: And that's that's an interesting question because I was telling my sister that, I'm so glad I wasn't born hella rich because a huge part of living is to pay my bills mm. and like the excitement of making it just a bit, even more money and then even more. Like it's quite exciting to see it accumulate. And I always wonder if you don't have to survive, um, physically. I wonder what that feels like. And, and if there's a sense of ennui with like the motions um and as much as like i can understand why money's nice but i also really enjoy the rat race of like do you know what is it it's like a it's like a fishing rod's tied to my back with a dollar and i'm running (laughs) and you can never really get to that dollar and that's fun i just think part of the pursuit of money and wealth is fun and that's why like capitalism for me like, I can fuck with it for now because it's giving me something to do. It's giving me a framework in which to further structure my life within. Um, but, Ushba, if you could, like, summarize for you, because you did touch on this in the last podcast about you said that now you might never find your why, but you still will continue living. Yeah. Why have you, like, made that decision?
1: Yeah, so I think I disagree with the both of you, actually, um on this, mm-hmm. because I think uh I can't help but firstly point out that this conversation is taking place in a very kind of, I don't know, like a very specific culture and a very specific mindset, which is post-modernist, uh, post-capitalist and all of that and i think it's mm-hmm. important to point that out because for a long time in different parts of the world across different civilizations there have constantly been reminders of uh to reminders to humanity that oh we are not only here to survive we are here to serve and we are here for a purpose greater than for example just i and um mm-hmm. i think that is really important to point out because because for example like when i first started getting suicidal and my um whole experience was very much about why was i in so much pain and what was it that i could be doing to get rid of that pain um I started, like, as I told you guys before, like, mm-hmm. I started looking into different spiritual and philosophical uh viewpoints. And one thing that, like, then I was constantly reminded of was this is why um, so many people, regardless of who they are, where they come from, what race they are, they seek out uh understanding greater than themselves because that is actually mm-hmm. how humanity works or thrives. Because, for example... Like, I would say to this person who's saying that they would want to peace out by 40, like, firstly, the world may end by then. So that's a very realistic goal, actually. (laughs) Like, the world may actually just end by then, okay? So that's one thing for sure. But then the other thing is also that you may actually just end up dying. But it's not trying to say that you should or shouldn't do this. But like it's also that the self that you know to be you right now may just fully die by then, and that is something really incredible. But that doesn't actually mean that you have to biologically die.
0: Yeah.
1: Because death can look like like many 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 things, and sometimes are sort of psychological deaths allow us to then be able to serve others without having to have our ego attached to it and i feel like for example i like truly hate capitalism but i'm a kind of a Mm. puppet i can't help but exist within the realms of capitalism so much of me as I am today, has been enabled by capitalism. So it is what it is. But I know for a fact that if I didn't have to chase that dollar, as you were saying, I would actually spend so much of my life in service, not because I'm trying to be some, like, righteous bitch (laughs) or because I'm trying to be a saint or any of that (laughs) shit, but because, like, look around you, like, look around you. The world needs service. Like, what the fuck? Like, this world... But let me jump in and
0: ask you about that. Yeah. I think that's part of why life is so unbearable is because people either have decided or have allowed the illusion that you can't do everything... Or (laughs) contextual to your own life that you can't do exactly what you want to do or or at least some version that, that is coherent with the circumstances you have. So, I mean... Is there a reason you can't be of service now and
1: chase the dollar? Yeah, because my f- depression and my mental health is fucking political. Like, I'm constantly being reminded like systematically legally why for example I can't just full-time work in human rights because you know there's like for example Mm. there are so many places where I know I would be such a supreme bitch and I would actually be able to lead in a very very good and strategic manner but I can't because the laws don't allow me or for example like I need to secure funding Mm. before I create a solution or you know, it's going back to the fact that it's a capitalist world. So constantly, it's like, regardless of your humanity, your primary function then becomes money, 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 even though it's it shouldn't be that way. But I, I don't mean to ramble, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that sometimes it's like there is a joy in service, which isn't trying to kind of, it's not that sort of social media service where you kind of like uh, post a picture or a comment or share every time you do something good. It's not that, it's the fact that like you are able to connect with other humans or life in such a way that is maybe even like, you can't really express that into words. Like, It is what it is and it isn't trying Mm. to say that oh like I have nothing good going on in my life and this is why I want to help others. It's more about you recognizing that someone else needs help and if you are able to somehow get that help to them or help them enable themselves Mm -hmm. that is really really powerful because it's also just constantly detaching yourself from your own ego because as much as like your own self matters and self love matters also just being like there's a distinction between self love and narcissism and I feel like service helps you do that and you know the service can look like anything it can mean like recycling or being a doctor and helping your patients or I don't know being kind to someone or feeding your dogs yeah
0: anything and I think what we should do I'm actually going to put a is it a pin or a pen when you want to bookmark like a, a conversation? Pin. A pin. <laughs> I, I, think... put a pin in. I want to put a pin in this. but let's have another episode about this. Because I actually want to talk about how can you exist as um, a person who, op- who occupies an intersection that is oppressed in this capitalist, patriarchal, um, white world.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And how to find joy and choice within that structure. Because... Um, i really understand what you mean i don't and i've i i don't agree for myself but Mm -hmm. i understand what you mean i think we should talk about that more because i'm so interested in Mm -hmm. yeah that like how black and brown people choose like what we choose and what we and what we don't choose and like what structures we feel like inhibit those choices yeah so me and you again Mm -hmm. Um, Just going on to two more comments Somebody said That Oh the only reason they're still alive Is because they'd feel guilty If they killed themselves um, Because their parents would be annoyed with them Yeah. Um, But otherwise they really Annoyed
2: I know their parents would be mad at me That's what they said (laughs) Like
0: my parents would be mad But otherwise I'm so like interested in what's next And I do feel That this planet isn't particularly made for me. And I'm ready for the next one. And someone else said that people consider suicide a personal attack. And they take it, yes, really personally. And society decides that they've failed the person. And they don't believe that that's the case at all. And um, they also want to kind of make sure which is what you've been saying i I feel like it should be in different terms that we understand the different facets of death and suicide yeah ones that are linked to mental health ones that are linked to wanting pain to end and ones that are linked to being quote unquote healthy quote unquote um stable but still not being interested in the burning world we're like in right now Mm -hmm. so abs what do you think about that like that idea of not wanting to kill yourself because you know it's going to be dramatic and you know that people are just yeah. going to be <sighs> mad at you quote unquote
2: i think to me that just highlights the narcissism of just your of just of just society in general because mm-hmm. one of the things one of the things that really bugs me yeah. is when someone dies and then you know rather people post stuff about them but they'll always post something in their own content. So they'll post a picture, a picture of with them, them with a person. Don't I get hate me it. started. I hate it. It makes me sick.
0: It is so weird. It's and they'll, so and they'll weird. be like, I thought, oh, I was going to make an, <laughs> an album with this person last week. Oh my and
2: it's God. Like, it's why like, why does that are have to do anything about? with this person? Like, this, is, this is part of the problem. Like, I don't this is know. Part of the yeah. Uh-uh. It makes me sick. I think it's just... because Everything weird. is just so... It's weird. Because when people talk about like suicide and stuff, people will always... It, but I'm like, why would you want to kill yourself? Like, look around, you've got a family that loves you. Da, 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 da. Like, they'll always, they, they'll hardly ever ask you why you want to kill yourself. Do you know, know what I mean? That's never, never a never question. They'll never ask you why. <laughs> they don't consider they'll, you They'll answer it for you. They'll they'll go they'll, <laughs> go, they'll skip that bit and tell you why you should not. They won't actually dive into like, what got you here? Da, da, yeah. Da, da, da. But, don't care. Um, it's like, oh no, why would you want to do that? You've got all this great stuff, you know, blah, blah. I
1: just or, like, want to. One,
2: one thing I was reading about was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry,
1: I just wanted to interject right here and say that, you know, one of the reasons why people also do that is because they're not trained mental health professionals, because like people like that's why people constantly tell you that your friends or your family members or your lovers can't be your therapist because they're not actually able to suspend that sense of attachment. Like, for example, even mm. if your mother or your mm. sister was a psychologist or a psychotherapist, like when you... Sp- to them about any of these things they won't be able to explain to you and I mean they will probably be better than another person who's not but like they won't be able to suspend that sense of uh, attachment um, and the second thing that I was yeah. going to say was that um, as for like you know for example saying that um, Oh, like posting a picture or mentioning how you are related to them. I think that's just because that's how human minds work. Like relatability or relationality is just such an intrinsic part of how we connect or disconnect with people. And that then just like colors the way we look at everything. Like, for example, only today when I before I was you know, uh, two hours ago, three hours ago, I got the news that one of uh probably the only pioneers, not the only, but one of the most high-profile pioneers of ecocide. She is a lawyer. Her name's Polly mm-hmm. Higgins. She passed away, I think, yesterday. Uh, rest in peace. And when I shared it on my Facebook, like, I started out by mentioning how I met her, when I met her, and then what I thought about her. And it may actually like i never thought of it being viewed as something narcissistic because for me in a way it is actually being able to establish context of oh this is how i know this person and i i mean i don't know like i guess it i understand how mm. it could be viewed as like being this very egotistical exercise but it's also like for example then choosing to highlight how this person why this person made a difference in my life or why they Mm. i don't know i guess it's a way of remembrance like it's saying that i'm somehow connected through this person and then this person is no longer there and it's not so much about me as much as it is about this thing that we shared does that make sense Ooh yeah Mm. yeah yeah i
0: think
2: it's important for us to make that distinction then
0: yeah Mm. yeah that's interesting i've never i haven't thought about it that way and i think also because i was gonna say oh it's it's a symptom of social media but i also know like at funerals i think people when they give eulogies you tend to start with like a personal anecdote Mm -hmm. so i think that really is how like i was thinking if i I had to say something about michael jackson abs i would say i remember like as a kid that was the first song i listened to like it it's actually i I think think, i agree with like it's just a human function
2: to me to me to me about I, i feel like when i read stuff i can tell Mm. when when <laughs> things are necessary to say when some oh, things aren't necessary like yeah. like what you're explaining now i completely understand
0: but, but when people show the la- when like a celebrity will show the last text and be like we were going <laughs> to produce an album together I mean, and you're like what yeah, are you like, talking about i know but like with
1: nipsey Hussle. yeah exactly i was going to bring up nipsey hustle like these people were making posts on twitter yeah, about like, dude, you got shot
2: in the street and you're talking about an album yeah are like,
1: you talking about how it's <laughs> like your- really like dude, or, like, how your significant other isn't, like, Nipsey Hussle. Or this is why guys should propose to their girlfriends. And I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, Move, I... Like,
0: sometimes <laughs> it just gets... Using it get to talk about niggas and shit. Yes! No, yeah, yeah,
1: no. But, yeah, like, I, I definitely... Know, no, I, I, hear I what think, you yeah, mean. yeah, it's
2: important we gave a distinction.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it goes And what way. about... You um, know, Sorry, I just quickly wanted to highlight something that came up and it's really interesting. So in uh, India, I think this is in Rajasthan. uh, So in India, you know, in Mm. Hinduism, there's a caste system. And then also because it is a patriarchal culture, there's some in some parts of India, there are very strict practices as to how a widow should behave once her husband has passed away. And there are some very Mm -hmm. extreme practices because the woman's identity is seen so intrinsically linked to that of her husband's. So when the husband passes away, it's almost like the woman also should no longer exist. So it's not so much as saying that, oh, she should kill herself, even though there are cases where they do try to do that. Uh, It's more like, oh, how she erases her identity and then just exists as this weird... Person, but anyways, so like, there's this. I think it's in Rajasthan where, for example, uh, let's say that there's an ailing husband, right? And the wife is taking care of him, and then he does die and he passes away. So, in villages because they are such Mm -hmm. small communities like the word does spread that this person is sick and is most likely to die so there's a designated group of mourners like women mourners who are waiting outside almost like vultures and then as soon as the person dies they step in start crying and wailing and they start kind of like uh how do I say it, like, changing the woman's appearance, like, indicators of how she was married, and now she's a widow, and taking her jewelry off, and taking off her sindoor, which is, like, this powder they wear in their, like, forehead, like a, like, a indicator of this woman is married, and so on and so forth, and it's kind of, like, widowing her, actively, while just, like, doing this performance of grieving. And I feel like what we were just talking about, Nipsey Hussle, is very similar. It's a very, like, it's so much of it is, I guess, performing grief instead of actually experiencing grief. Um, Yeah, that just Mm. came to my mind. Yeah, and
0: I think with Nipsey Hussle, he's an interesting one. I'm, he, it was really interesting. His death had an impact on me, and I'm, like, really excited to learn more about him. Because he sounded like someone I'd really get along with, and it, it strikes me that a lot of he just seemed like intensely himself, but what I found really interesting, which is like maybe actually a really a huge anecdote is that basically whenever white people start to comment on black death, that's when you know it's gone south. And so when all the white people were like, yeah this is this is an example of what a black male should be, like you no, should set no. up schools and barbershops. <sighs> Um so I agree in that respect where a lot of the time yeah sometimes we capitalize on death in a really weird way um yeah. yeah and it's bizarre And i think some of its coping mechanisms others other parts are just like for whatever selfish reasons um but it is a mad thing yeah and then just to kind of close off we have like a few more minutes someone said this and i wonder if you guys disagree or agree That the key to happiness is understanding that death is not a distant event, but it is in the it is in the present. And once you understand that death is all around you and that you are dying, that's when you can really live.
1: Okay, Agree I disagree. disagree? (laughs) I need to 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 know this person what the key to
2: happiness is.
1: (laughs) Can I actually connect with this person? You need to tell me who this person is because I no absolutely no. I can I can shout her out.
0: No, she's a big she's like death's number one fan. It is Bobo. Um, I'll add, I'll link her, I'll add her in our, wow. um, to you and also like in the bio. So what that's what I she really said. T- um, we were discuss, basically, yeah, I was, we were in agreement. I said that the reason I have such a good life is because I know I can die at any time. If this stuff gets too hectic, I'm out of here. Like, you, no one can tell me anything. I'm simply not interested in suffering my, personally. And personally, that's a decision I've allowed myself to make. And because I've allowed myself to leave, because I know it's my choice, because it's my life, um, I actually just have such a popping existence. And I think <laughs> before before I gave myself that choice, um, that was really scary to think that I could suffer endlessly and that I, I didn't have choices. But I think that's, that's also, that's a specific, that's ob- obviously specific to me and specific to how, I've curated my life, which is that everything's like everything has to be pleasurable because I'm an animal and I want to enjoy things. So do you guys, do you think that it helps to understand that you have a choice to die? Or do you think that, or do you think there's like another key to actually feeling free in this life or keys, many keys? Um,
2: I think, yeah, I think one of the things that you, you two touched on in your episode was part of that where, Makunda was talking about how, um, you know, she can opt out whenever she likes. So moving forward from then, she's made a decision to stay alive. So she might as well just enjoy it. She might as well, you know, try and do the things that, you know, um, pleasure her in whatever way. So I understand it to that extent. I just don't like i don't like giving people like absolutes mm, like
0: saying this is the key
2: this is the key <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like I, i'm just figuring things out day by day like yeah. i don't know the key to Any- i have no idea the key to <laughs> happiness i have no idea i literally figure stuff out when it's in front of me that's it day I, by day. day by day that's my that's my way it's just doing things day by day yeah. i don't think i don't know what i'm gonna do this weekend i don't know what i'm gonna do next weekend like i don't know unless it's something specific like a holiday or something like that but other than that, like, yeah, I just don't plan. To me, that's, that's it for me. I don't plan.
0: That sounds exciting. Because that's literally how animals, all the squirrels and tigers. and They're living live. life. So you live like a squirrel. Mm-hmm. You just whatever's in front of you. So you like a video game. You just render, and the minute you have to step forward, that's when it renders.
2: We'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's it.
0: I love it. But do you live in the moment, Ushba? Do you do you do that or do you plan?
1: Uh, wait. So before I answer that question, but doesn't it cause you a great deal of anxiety when, like, for example, you to have me, to it's... plan? Hmm.
2: What, when i have to plan
1: yeah or like when for example like as much as you do live day to day right like for example what if there's an event that you've been invited to in like six months and you kind of have to think about it or plan about it like does it not because that's how i am
2: not necessarily because i don't have to go
1: hmm.
2: like oh, wow. everything I never everything's thought a of that. i think that's also <laughs> something that
0: <laughs> <laughs> what
2: the
1: fuck?
2: Everything's a choice, like you, you don't have to do anything.
0: Ushba's mind is blown, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't what? feel like I
2: have to do anything, like,
1: because people, yeah, like, do I don't
2: feel like I have to do anything
1: people tend to think that like i don't share what i want to do in life because i'm trying to i don't know you know that dumb twitter thing oh like real real men don't share they just keep your goals to yourself (laughs) (laughs) but like i'm just like make
2: moves in the dark yeah yeah and
1: i'm just like i'm like that because my anxiety is so crippling and my depression is so crippling that for example Mm. if i announce Mm. to the world like let's say that oh I, i don't know like i want to make like a million in by the end of next year you know also if there are any sugar daddies listening right now like guys please get in touch hey. But also, Literally. it has to be a halal relationship. Like, I'm a halal bay. Let me tell you that from the get-go. I'm <laughs> um, absolutely dead. But uh, what I was going to say is that, like, it just causes me so much anxiety that, like, even sometimes, like, just saying it to myself that, like, oh, I can do this or I'm, I don't know, for example, going to go see a friend in, like, two days' time. Like, some days that's just going to fuck me up like do you know what i mean like
0: Mm.
1: it's not that i don't want to plan or i want to live in the present it's just like my anxiety depending on how good or bad it is like it just won't let me do any of those things it's just like i don't know it's like this state of anticipating impending doom where all you can think of is the worst possible thing and then being in that mindset then answering your question like i just try to work towards achieving my goals without like right now for example like I'm applying for jobs but my constant practices apply for it but never get attached to it
0: ever love it
1: mm. so like for example That's it's the same with like guys as well like I'll be like oh i vote let me text someone but then at the same time it's like bitch hold on like what are you feeling right now oh my Don't gosh I can't it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm so
0: attached I know if I want to marry someone after two weeks
1: I mean, wow. yeah, I'll yeah. be like that as well but Two weeks like, is even a long time Yeah, no, like I'll be like that in a span of a day <laughs> Wish but... we were too much <laughs> Yeah, but it's <laughs> But I guess it's also Go. Like that's also one of the joys of living Is when you don't have your shit figured out Like sometimes it's just fun Feeling true. those emotions
0: spicy. Um, That's true mm. But I also think abs, it's interesting because I feel like in, in not planning you allow spontaneity so much more space. Like, I don't remember the last time I went to a restaurant without first looking at the menu online and choosing what I'm eating. I never go somewhere without knowing. And I think that's a bit wild but maybe that's because I'm like okay I I know this is a surprise to you, abs I am veggie I know I've been eating meat because you've been paying so.
2: this is the same way Mukunda is queer but, but she doesn't kiss girls
0: I definitely kiss she's the
2: she's a veggie but she eats meat does that make any sense
1: yeah I'm does. a veggie with a lamb shank on top. I'm not okay. here for judging Mukunda thanks I, Oshba. I have like I quit <laughs> thank you I quit sugar four years ago and I'll have sugar every single day and that's just who I am guys
2: i what does that what what
1: does that mean? That means We're missing that that form in the people. <laughs> that means that we are I'm humans so and we are flawed and, you know, we have something in our head and that in I reality know. we are We're textured, else. girl. And the best case scenario we is that you're actually self-aware. Unlike most men... Who actually oh, I know. have Tell, a serious? How did it become
2: about men? You see? I attacked them once.
1: <laughs> because you suddenly them. now it's about men. Because Drag you had them. the audacity to, them, to question us. That's why you had the audacity yes. to Tell question us. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. Wow. I love this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um,
0: guys, this has been amazing. It always feels like uh, this topic needs a million and one. It needs endless minutes and hours. Um, but thank you so much for both of your insights. I think people really... Oosh, but people really, really um, just related and were grateful and happy um, with your episode the first time. So I have to thank you again. It m- meant a lot for a lot of people who responded to me and also were just like silent on it Mm. so thanks so much both of you for sharing
1: no thank Um, you for giving me a platform and again please send
0: in oh of course girl and and please send in um i'll i send all the comments to ushpa so you can always dm me abs doesn't have social media because he's a g moves in silence like what Ebo,
2: like lasagna <laughs> like
0: lasagna <laughs> so just send me comments to any of them i'll forward it to them um but otherwise please leave a review and a like and a comment and a subscribe on our soundcloud itunes and what else spotify um, and let us know what you want us to talk about next, particularly with abs and, um, Ushba. Uh, I, I know a lot of people feel like Ushba has a really particular skill set of just being articulate, especially about things that are really hard. So let us know what you want us to talk about and we'll have her on again.
1: Um, just before you end, uh, Makunba, I just wanted to say while we're still on the air that, um, for anyone listening in who is uh, suffering from anxiety or depression you may be suffering but maybe you haven't been diagnosed I know that was the case with me for a really long time mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to say that there's an app that you can find on iTunes and on Google Play and most uh, other situations uh, it's called Uper, so y-o-u-p-e-r and it's an app specifically designed for, uh, anxiety and depression. And it's an artificial intelligence app. It's a mood tracking app and, uh, just give it a go. I really, really recommend it. It is amazing. I know that it really helped me in, uh, the last three months when I really needed it. I don't use it as much, but I've been recommending it to, uh, the friends that I think they need it and, uh, You know, like, we share so much data and information with so much uh, technology that's here to, like, kind of, like, fuck us up and track us in ways that we have not... uh consented to. So another app is not going to harm you. This actually, I really do believe it's going to help you. You can track your anxiety. You can track your depression. It helps you take some time out when you're going through the most. And uh, yeah, it's there in ways that sometimes it's hard for humans to be because humans, you know, we are available. We are not available. Your friends or your supporting person may be there or may they not may not be there but the app is always going to be there mm-hmm. and why shouldn't you use it why shouldn't you what's stopping you yeah true uh, i'll
0: link them i'll put them in the bio yeah so please thank uh, do you check it out. thank you so much for that yeah thank you thank you thank girls you, and guys. gays avalade ushpa thank you <laughs> so much And everybody, like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you next time. Mm -hmm. Bye. Have (laughs) fun,
1: guys. (laughs) Bye.